The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. Pervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hour two here on the Hervoy Morich show. We have Tim Moen coming up. He's a firefighter and uh, ran for prime minister uh, as uh, uh, head of the Libertarian Party of Canada. That was in 2015. I guess he was famous for the slogan, I want gay married couples to be able to protect their mar- marijuana plants with guns. Interesting. Um, all right. So speaking of Canada, Canada to cap international student permits by one third. Canada will cap uh, those permits by one third, uh, according to the country's immigration minister. Maybe, you know, they're starting to hit the wall of reality in Canada and tone down some of this insane multiculturalism, Babylonian. Ism. I saw a clip the other day out in Canada. A lot of the food banks are stressed because they're being flooded with uh, students, international students who are flooding the Canadian food banks. And, uh, you know, again, that's another example of, of how, how insane this is all getting. Although as a graduate student in Geneva, I can tell you, and myself having been an international student, Financially, things were really tough. I had to ration my shawarmas, falafels, and, and kebabs. Uh, I wasn't joking. We were eating like pots of rice and <laughs> tuna and, and and pasta. So it's not easy being an international student. Uh, what else we got going on that's interesting? Voice of America China reports, salutes to the Houthis. Chinese netizens cheer for the terrorist organization. Um, the U.S. launched its fifth attack, or I think um, more than that now, on the Houthi rebels in Yemen. While the U.S. and other Western countries are in conflict with the Houthis, Chinese internet users are cheering for the armed organization. Chinese media also portrayed the Houthis as a rebel force challenging the U.S. and amplified criticism of the U.S. Sounds like uh, Star Wars, basically. Um, people are cheering on the, the, the rebels against the the empire so it's interesting to see how the rest of the world views geopolitics also houthis declare safe passage for all russian chinese ships in the red sea um basically one senior houthi official said as for all other countries including russia and china their shipping in the region is not threatened moreover we're ready to ensure the safe passage of their ships in the red sea because free navigation plays a significant role for our country um we've also got eu states now today agreeing on military action in the red sea so that's um going on uh, and they say ideally starting next month uh, we also have interesting quote from elijah magnier who says one of the consequences of october 7 in israel Israel's tourism has been reduced by between by up to 78%. 14% of the Israeli population has left. 7% of Israel's population is internally displaced. Uh, we also have th- this interesting piece of news. Um, House Speaker Mike Johnson 
after he pushed through the Israel aid package, APAC donated $95,000 to him. So paying to play uh, here, I guess, not very ethical, this sort of stuff. The Douglas McGregor has come out and said, Israel's war with Hamas is mutated into a campaign to rid Israel of its Arab population. This development pits Israel and the U.S. in a showdown with the Islamic world and potentially Russia, China, and the global south. And um, Russian television, uh, including Vladimir Solovyov, has come out and said, in Western scenario planning, there's no alternative to total war with Russia. NATO are Satanists. World war will definitely break out, and it will break out in the Middle East. We've got um, Russia warning as well that NATO's decision to launch its largest military exercise in more than 35 years could provoke military incidents. Meanwhile, Germany weighs allowing foreign citizens into the army. One of my subscribers said that's maybe the path toward the EU army. What better way to defeat nationalism by filling uh, by creating an EU army filled with uh, foreigners? Uh, and uh, what else we also have going on? Uh, there was an interesting article from the Cradle talking about how Pakistan and Iran neatly neatly tackled their terror threats. Goes back to what Rakesh and I talked about last week that this uh, Balochist U.S. sponsored Balochistan Free Balochistan movement. And maybe both countries, Iran and Pakistan, worked together um, because the the Balochistan uh, dudes, I guess, live in both of their territories. And maybe they worked together to sort of put down this U.S.-sponsored rebellious province, uh, Balochistan. Interesting. Uh, meanwhile, Russian oil supplies to China jumped 24%. And... Um, what else is in, oh and biden secretly sends first ever u.s delegation to, Ch to chinese communist party meeting for food supply and farming collaboration what is going on there elon musk says to expect one billion humanoid robots in 2040s so skynet will become self-aware in about 15 years uh we, we still got some time to to prepare um all right if you enjoy listening or viewing TNT, and you think we're doing a fantastic job, let us know. Leave us a like, positive review, or comment on Facebook, Gab, Getter, wherever you can. On the podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, you know, help uh, uh, leave us a review there. It's a big help. Uh, it also helps us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. Delivering the facts. Source I can trust. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. According to the results of a new study, an overwhelming majority of urban elites are not only totally okay with the implementation of strict rationing of resources in order to combat the weather, I mean climate change, they also think there's way too much freedom in America. Here with the story joining me once again, TNT News producer Adam Clark, codename Ruckus. Thanks, Rory. Uh, by the way, this is not a parody. This is not a satire. This is not a Babylon Bee. This is for real. As the kids would might say, this is cray cray. Uh, I just, just blow my mind blown over this. Uh, in a new study, a staggering seventy-seven percent of urban 
elites, which are defined for the purpose of the study as people with at least one postgraduate degree earning more than $150,000 a year and living in high population density areas said they favored strict rationing of energy, gas, and meat to fight the supposed ills of climate change. What? The striking figure was revealed in a January study titled Them versus U.S. Uh, this was pre prepared by the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. It was based on a survey conducted by Rasmussen in September 2023. The study's authors wrote, quote, climate change is clearly an obsession of the very rich and highly educated, end quote. The percentage of urban elites, again, as defined by the survey, who said they favor strict rationing of resources to combat climate change rises to a striking 90 percent among wealthy city dwellers who attended the United States top universities. I'm so shocked to hear this. Uh, by contrast, 63% of all Americans said they oppose rationing of vital energy and food resources to tackle climate change. All right. Uh, further, between half and two-thirds of urban elites said they favor banning things such as SUVs, gas stoves, air conditioning, and non-essential air travel in order to protect the environment. Ah, oh, lovely. Uh, another commonly held view among urban elites is that Americans have too much freedom. Yep. Nearly six out of ten said there's too much individual freedom in the United States, double the rate among all Americans. The study's authors wrote, quote, these results confirm what people have long suspected. Today, there are two Americas. One is wealthier more highly educated and attended the best schools, end quote. Urban elites, again, as defined in this study, were also found to be inclined to put much more trust in big government, quote, to do the right thing, end quote, and say that they have been hurt far less by high inflation than those who are in lower and middle classes. The uh, quoting here from the study authors, quote, this Grand Canyon-sized chasm between where everyday Americans stand on the state of the country, expanding government power, draconian climate change solutions, and Joe Biden's job performance may partly explain the Donald Trump phenomenon and his high approval ratings among working class voters who feel wholly connected with the rebellion against the arrogance of the ruling class elites, end quote. The report is based on two separate surveys that were carried out in September last year on a representative sample of 1,000 people who, as I mentioned, have at least one postgraduate degree, an annual household income of more than $150,000, and live in a zip code with more than 10,000 people per square mile. Boy, they're ready for their 15-minute cities, aren't they, Harvori? What do you think about this? So I, I somehow missed this story, and it was a good find. Uh, and I was looking back, the you know, apart from what was being said at Davos, I haven't come across lately any green world order news. But again, this is insane. Like I, I have to reread this, where it says the study shows seventy-seven percent of 
urban elites, uh, you know, liberalist globalists, um, defined as people with at least one postgraduate degree earning over 150k, living in a high high population density areas, favor strict rationing of energy, gas, and meat. And that's like the people at the institutions where I used to work at the top university school um, in, in in Mexico, uh, in, in areas of the government. They they really drink this Kool-Aid. And two points for me here are, well, three. Yuri Bezmenov is laughing in his grave. Uh, also, these are the useful idiots. Uh, you know, it's like they have more money, but I think at some point it would they would also start to feel the pinch. Uh, and then, um, you know, useful idiots for helping bring in this agenda and then also the neo-feudalism right what we're talking about this kind of proves the point that this is about um neo-feudalism wiping out the middle class and it's only going to be the rich and the poor uh, and you had patrick i'm forgetting patrick moore there was a clip um being circulated i don't know i think it was recent where he said quote only the billionaires will be able to afford to buy food and all the other people will die Greenpeace co-founder Dr. Patrick Moore uh, has come out and said on the genocidal consequences of net zero, which I like to call death zero. He also said now they're going into agriculture and threatening to cut off the supply of food because food is causing global warming. They will cause a ruination the likes of which the earth has never seen because there are over 8 billion of us and 4 billion of us depend on nitrogen fertilizer, which they now say is bad because it's a greenhouse gas or whatever. It's all completely phony. And so is the campaign against CO2 ruckus. Um, yeah, I don't know what to do about these elites uh, in our society who want us all to eat bugs. Um, do you? Uh, Romans one twenty two, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, Sir Rory. Quote the Bible right there on that one. Um, this does prove one thing, doesn't it? That um, this higher education certainly works. Uh, the, and by higher education, I mean like you pay a lot of money to get some of the good brainwashing. It's good to know that the brainwashing sticks. So uh, that's a good selling point for the universities, right? I mean, we hear too often that people spend a lot of time, energy, and money, and it's just a scam. I mean, if you understand what's really going on, I guess technically at the end of the day the proof is in the pudding it's working let's keep it up you know this is frightening to me i can't believe our own you know our own fellow citizens would be willing to just openly lovingly embrace the imprisonment uh oh this is crazy bro i mean yeah it's not a good sign that's for sure it's you know and i i was in the trenches for over a decade teaching against th these narratives and just seeing so many students young people buying into it and and it's cumul cumulative you know i'm already looking at primary grade school science books and they've you know like the first couple of grades they've already got the climate change stuff in there so imagine your your, your kid is first grade second grade fifth high school every year it's being pounded into their minds uh, and then, you know, you, you, you see them in high school or, or university or after it's really hard to undo that. Um, and you know, they, they say that one of the, the most important skills going forward is learning how to unlearn, right? What a lot of us are doing here at TNT, unlearning the, the, the lies that have um, rooted deep, um, in our minds and, and lives, uh, and learning, you know, reconfiguring, re readjusting. So. Any final thought, Ruckus, before you leave us? It's funny. Technically, it costs a lot of money to to brainwash yourself, um, whereas it's basically free to unbrainwash yourself, which is fascinating. 
again, that reminds me of my experience teaching where we had Al Gore come to our campus and they had to pay him 200 grand. Uh, and I was able, at the same time, I was able to Skype in Lord Christopher Monckton, the anti-Al Gore, to my class for free for two hours, like 1 a.m. UK time. So that really tells you who's willing to uh, tell the truth for free versus, no, you got to pay me a couple hundred thousand like Mr. Al Gore. Uh, all right. Uh, we, we will uh, have Tim Moen joining, joining us from Canada to talk about Canada, liberty, tyranny, and so forth. Uh, feel free to leave your questions uh, in the chat or call in and talk to Tim. We'll be right back. TNT's Bruce de Torres. The Who's proposed treaty will increase man-made pandemics by Merrill Nass. Just a minute about this. This report is designed to help readers think about some big topics. How to really prevent pandemics and biological warfare. How to assess proposals by the WHO and its members for responding to pandemics. And whether we can rely on our health officials to navigate these areas in ways that make sense and will help the population. populations. We start with the history of biological arms control and rapidly move to the COVID pandemic, eventually arriving at plans to protect the future. She didn't put protect in quotes, but I just did verbally. World Stage and Bruce de Torres on today's News Talk TNT. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the Church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home, that's 40... California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a $1,000 a day fine. Government that's stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2%. You know, 99.8% survival, rather than the three or 4% mortality that the, the people are saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot it helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. <laughs> when the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get 
rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. And you have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them. This is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, we have another freedom fighter joining us on this rebel transition. Tim Moen, who's a firefighter, paramedic who ran for prime minister as leader of the Libertarian Party of Canada in 2015, popularizing the slogan, I believe, uh, quote, I want gay married couples to be able to protect their marijuana plants with guns, uh, end quote. He's also got a show where he interviews and debates guests on a quest to figure out how to live free in an unfree world. His website uh, w- would be the link tree, linktr.ee slash Tim Moen. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter X uh, as well. Uh, Moen underscore Tim. Thanks for joining us on TNT. Thanks for having me. I, you know, I'm I'm always looking for freedom fighters, and so that's how I came across uh, you. Uh, you're also a firefighter, uh, a man of many hats. Uh, and for yeah. people unfamiliar, yeah, with your work, could you briefly tell us about um, your work and how you got into freedom? Sure. Well, I mean, I, I see my um, my realm into uh, activism and politics as kind of an extension of my career as a firefighter. You know, as a firefighter, I uh, you know I'm tasked with fighting. Uh, kind of mindless forces of chaos and disease. And, um, you know, that's kind of what I do as a freedom fighter as well. The way I got into politics and and became the leader of the Libertarian Party of Canada was quite by accident. I was very much opposed to being part of politics. I thought I was just encouraging the bastards to, to even give it any credibility. Um, but I ha- had the opportunity to work with a bunch of Hollywood celebrities that continued to come into my community uh, in northern Alberta, where we have the one of the largest oil reserves in the world. Uh, it's called the oil sands or tar sands, some people call it, and uh, it takes quite a bit of energy and and manpower to get this oil out of this sand in the ground. Uh, so it's become quite a geopolitical hotspot uh, with the climate cult and and that sort of thing. And so we would get all these Hollywood celebrities, green activists coming into my community and um, trying to undermine it and with their message. And, you know, I had the opportunity to work with Neil Young and Daryl Hannah, for example, and Neil Young went off to uh, Washington, D.C. the week after he visited us and talked about how we were uh, committing genocide on the First Nations people, on the Native people in our area, and how we were uh, an environmental catastrophe. And this after I spent a week with Neil trying to convince him to sing on a solar-powered stage at this eco-carnival we had. And that because there, there's, believe it or not, because of all the flourishing in that community, there's a very high uh, environmental consciousness there. For example, um, you know, the community banned plastic bags long before anyone else. Now, I'm not a big fan of that, but it just goes to show you how conscious people are of their environment. It's the most charitable community in Canada per capita. 
uh, all sorts of great things. I was a big community booster and I wanted Neil to see all the good stuff that was coming out of the oil sands region, uh, all the environmental solutions we were developing, uh, restoration, restoring land back to its a pristine state of nature, uh, you, you know, uh, energy efficiency and, and all these different things, growing greenhouses that we were grow, able to grow food in minus 40 weather. And of course, he had the opportunity to sing on a solar power stage. I thought, wouldn't it be awesome to get Neil Young, this environmental activist, um, singing a song powered by sunlight on the solar powered stage in the middle of dirty oil country. Uh, just as an artist, he ought to be interested in the juxtaposition of the, the two very different um, kind of uh, pictures, right? And of course, Neil didn't want to see any of that. He was just there to shoot... Uh, all the ugly bits he could find and look for all the problems he could. And then he went off to Washington, D.C., said those nasty things about my community. So I wrote an op-ed article about it, got picked up by the Huffington Post and a bunch of other outlets and, and uh, got some attention. And uh, next thing you know, I had politicos from different parties coming to me saying, look, you're, you're on me news media, you're well-spoken, you're talking a message that we really like and you should run for politics and i was very resistant to the idea i said look i'll refer you to this other article i wrote six months ago explaining why voting is probably immoral and why i would never get involved in politics and uh but you know it, they kept one guy kept bringing up uh ron paul's name over and over again and said are you telling me that ron paul was did liberty a disservice by running for president and by getting our message out and of course, I couldn't say no. I, I, Ron Paul was a hero. And, you know, I, I realized at that point that politics was an avenue to getting a very important message out, a, a message I was trying to get out with podcasting, a message I was trying to get out with uh, writing. And this was just a stage with a spotlight and a crowd that wanted to hear what I had to say. And how could I turn that down? Of course, I couldn't. And very quickly, you know, with that slogan that, uh, that you pointed out there. I want gay married couples to be able to protect their marijuana plants with guns. That was just one of the slogans we put out, but that one caught on and got me on CNN and uh, Fox News and and all got, got me all sorts of attention. And next thing you know, I was nominated to lead the party and I won that handily and uh, went in very short order from saying no, absolutely not to running for prime minister of Canada. And you, you know, I was thinking you are exactly the type of person that should be running for politics, someone who is disinterested in it. You know, you look at all the past history books and political science books going back thousands of years. This is like, you know, in, in ancient Greece and, and and Rome, the type of people I think they, they mentioned that you're someone who's successful outside of politics, uh, which would lessen, you know, their interest uh, for abusing uh, power once they're they're in it. And, I, you know, and you were in you know attempting this way before or 2015 so I, I can't imagine you know the tim moen of 2015 compared to the tim moen of now to see how how insane canada has gone and i want to get your further thoughts on that we're going to go first to our um headlines welcome welcome coming up important news tnt radio news and that's the truth <laughs> For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Slovakia's Prime Minister Robert Fico has suggested that Ukraine should consider conceding some territories to Russia as a means to resolve the ongoing conflict. Residents of Queensland are preparing for the possibility of a Category 3 cyclone. 
anticipated to hit the coast soon after the area recently experienced severe weather conditions. After a 10-day search, the U.S. military has concluded that the two Navy SEALs went missing at sea during an operation to intercept a ship smuggling Iranian weapons to Houthi rebels in Yemen are deceased. The Common Housefly Caught in the clutches of the spider's web Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then... Dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Whoa. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNTradio.live. We're talking to Tim Moen. Find all of his uh, sites through his link tree. Link tree slash Tim Moen. You'll get his Instagram, Twitter, Substack, locals page, Rumble. I'm already subscribed. YouTube and so forth. And so um, you threw your hat in the ring of Canadian politics. Someone in the chat uh, says um, regarding uh, folks like Neil Young, they say, how can these people even live with themselves? Someone else says a lot of those had their true colors exposed. But, you know, how would you look at the state of Canada today? It seems to be going downhill. Uh, the freedoms in the West just keep declining, you know, all the things. I've interviewed a lot of folks from Canada, the Maxime Bernier, um, different doctors like Stephen Malthouse, RCMP Dan Boldford, uh, the, the pa Pastor Pawlowski, Hild Henry Hildebrandt, you know, freezing people's bank accounts, um, the, the, the gender madness, the, the, the green agenda madness, which you already mentioned. Um, where are we in Canada? Yeah, well, the, the state of policy making is certainly at an all-time low. I mean, the, the latest thing introduced is uh, a bill for uh, universal basic income that the Liberals are trying to implement. Uh, you know, it seems like Justin Trudeau is trying to do as much damage as he can before he leaves office. But of course, the Canadian people are tired of it. They shop, they go to the grocery store, they see how much the cost of living is, and they see how much the carbon tax and... Uh, you know, the unrestrained spending and mass redistribution schemes are having on their day-to-day -day life now, and there's a massive pushback. And so, uh, you know, the Conservatives are polling at an all-time high right now. It's it's looking like we're going to see the end of Trudeau in about a year, year and a half when the, the next federal election happens. But he, of course, he's doing his best to try to buy votes. His latest thing, like I said, is this universal basic income, which would be a complete and utter disaster. Um, you know, we we had the UFC 297 in Toronto here. I don't know if you saw any of the video clips, but the whole crowd was chanting F Trudeau, F Trudeau over and over again. That gives you a sense of how fed up Canadians are with it. The question is, how much power do the people actually have, though? Uh, can, can we actually push back against this stuff? You know, we had some success, I think, with the trucker convoy pushing back against COVID mandate madness. Uh, but can we sustain that level of uh, opposition in the face of all these new uh, draconian uh, policies that he's trying to implement. Uh, you know, the CBDC isn't that far away, I suspect, in Canada. Uh, we, they're cracking down on, on social media. Uh, you know, we can't see news on Facebook, for example, anymore because uh, the Canadian government demands money from these social media sites to the media corporations for reposting links. And so, you know, there, there's all sorts of ways that our, our speech uh, and information is being stifled, censored, controlled here in Canada. Uh, but like I said, the people are 
against it. Now, the question is, um, under a conservative government, will things get much better? I don't suspect they will. I suspect they'll just get worse at a slightly slower rate than they're getting worse now. Um, but it's really going to be up to individual Canadians to to stand up and uh, step and, and oppose this stuff and and step into the realm of politics and push back. And just to get your just further thoughts on the state of the West um, as a whole, you know, you're a Canadian, I'm a U.S. citizen, also European citizen and, and Mexican. But uh, I saw this quote from a Chinese dissident uh, today, Ai Weiwei, who says that, quote, the freedom of speech is under sanction globally, especially in the West, the U.S. and Europe 70 years ago in the Nazi times. Or he, he compared the state of free speech today to 70 years ago in the Nazi times and 60 years ago during China's Cultural Re Revolution. That's what's happening here today. When the West thinks we have freedom of expression, I say that it's the biggest lie. You don't have freedom of expression. I don't think the West has freedom of speech. You know, I've had the Department of Homeland Security ban me from PayPal, which is absolutely insane. And I'm like, this is not the Western world that we grew up in and i you know for i've been calling my my home country the us the united soviet states of america and so um just your further thought like i can't believe tim that we were, we're here in canada and the us and europe well i mean this this is a war of good versus evil you know the globalists are really exerting control um we're seeing some signs from the people that they're pushing back i mean uh you know javi malay from argentina went to the wef and basically gave them an fu speech right and we're seeing more and more pushback now the question is what what's the solution going to look like because populist um revolts often demand a strong man on the right to to push back against this that's what we're they advertise is needed to push back against leftism. So, uh, you know, a part of me worries that the pushback is going to be something we don't like either. And so that's why I think it's very important to get the message of liberty out there. And, say, you know, I think Javi Malay is a great example of that, about how you can push back against the left and also whittle down the power of the state rather than bolster the power of the state and say, we're going to use the state, but in a right wing way. No, the the state is the problem and and what we need to push back against and for so long people have relied on the state to solve all their problems you know i always joke at work i'm a, I'm a firefighter paramedic and so some days i'm on an ambulance some days i'm on a fire truck but more and more it seems like people call an, an ambulance because they're lonely because they don't understand what's going on with their body because they have uh devolved to a point where they're in complete subjugation to the state for their own private lives for every bad feeling they have and so i often joke with my colleagues that th they call the government and we show up and try to help them but of course we're no answer to their problems and um I, you know I, I think it might take um you know the the removal of these government services or the or the inability to afford them for people to see how reliant they are on the government how badly the government is failing them and on every level and how it's not the answer for them to turn away from it yeah and and you mentioned cbdc's also which has been also for me one of the things top on my mind um the cashless system digital id a lot of us are familiar because they, they've told us exactly what they want um, to do and then if these systems are implemented they will literally shut us shut off our accounts or ability to, to buy food to, to own a rent to travel uh, if if we commit wrong think 
right? On, on the plethora of, of topics, right? Whether it was the medical stuff with COVID or, or climate or LGBTQ plus, uh, you know, people are being canceled for all this stuff. Um, just any further thoughts on the whole CBDC cashless, you know, techni technocratic control grid system that they want to uh, implement? Well, I mean, we know this is exactly the type of thing they want. I mean, Klaus Schwab um, is is not alone in his desire for control over us unwashed masses, right? He and and they're very clear about this. I mean, if you listen to there, there was a clip of Klaus Schwab. I don't know where he was speaking, but it was a month or two ago. He talked about how libertarians are his greatest enemy. Why? Because they oppose the government being involved in the private lives of citizens. In other words, he wants to be involved, heavily involved in the private lives of citizens. We should we shouldn't disbelieve him. We should believe him when he says that. And we should believe all these politicians like Justin Trudeau, Joe Biden, everyone of these power mongers wants to be involved in the power in the private lives of individuals. Now, what better way to be involved in yours and my private life than to control completely our money and to be able to take it out of our bank account or freeze it with a keystroke because we have wrong think they want complete North Korea style regime control over our lives because they know what's best. And, um, we don't and we're we are deplorables we are you know subservient to them and we can't be trusted so yes they obviously want this they're going to do whatever they can to get it and it's going to be incumbent on us who are awake who see this stuff coming to wake up the masses and to um to rally them to push back it's yeah it's it's our time to push back and um, to get your thoughts on the state of libertarianism, uh, I think you mentioned uh, Ron Paul, Javier Millet. I had the opportunity last year to meet Ron Paul twice at, at his conferences and uh, had him on my podcast a couple months back. Um, how do you see the state of libertarianism? Uh, and, and you know, who are some of your favorite, you know, libertarian figures uh, around the planet? Sure. Well, I, I mean, it's hard to say, right? It's a constant battle. Certainly, populism is rising. More and more people are realize are becoming anti-establishment and are against the government as such as it is now. Uh, but a lot of it is uh, op opposed to left-wing government and the left uh, controlling government, and they want the right to control government. So we have to look at this as an opportunity to get our message out there. And I, I see a number of libertarians who have kind of slid over to the populist right and say, okay, we need to wield power and we need to crush the left and we need to use the state to um, to, to protect uh, Western civilization. And of course, I think that is only going to lead to disaster as well. Uh, we, we need to strike the root, not hack off branches. And um, so I look at it as a tumultuous time. It's a time of chaos in the realm of ideas and political ideas. Everyone looks at the state of affairs and sees that it's not what we want, that it's the establishment is um, is the enemy of the people, but everyone has a different prescription as to how to fix it. And I think the libertarian prescription is right. Um, and so we have to join forces with the, the prominent libertarians out there and stay principled. And we may 
you know, at some point have to push back against these right-wing authoritarian ideas as well. Right now we're focused on the left, but it's going to swing the other way um, as well as there's a pushback, right? And it's going to be a battle of authoritarianism. And we need it to be authoritarians versus libertarians, not a battle between left-wing authoritarianism and right-wing authoritarianism. And I think some of the people out there that are doing a good job of pushing back are, um, you know, the, the people I listen to are Dave Smith, uh, Tom Woods, uh, Judge Napolitano. Th those are, you know, kind of my go-to people. But, you know, I, th I think that uh, Joe Rogan also offers up a good platform. I don't think he's a libertarian by any stretch. But he certainly lends a, a, his giant platform to libertarian voices, and uh, he offers a skeptical position to the establishment, and you know has a lot of uh, libertarian messaging. I think in his podcast. And then, of course, we have Javi Malay, who's a, in Argentina, who is a rising star, and you know the the jury's still out on whether he will be able to continue uh, pushing back against the state and against leftism, um, but. It will, it'll be important to watch what happens in Argentina because that could offer us a path forward uh, here in the West. And I, I think it's the point you bring up about the pendulum swinging. It's going now in the hard left and then it could go back to the right. I, I don't think that's brought up enough because even many conservatives get lax and even entertain that as being a good idea this idea of christian nationalism i i'm a christian but i don't support you know jesus was like we don't care about politics we have our spiritual right mission um and this idea of some theocracy now where people are saying we should have a, a fascism on the right i'm like what no and th that's a real possibility as well uh we don't know if it could swing in um either extreme direction and we have to be careful not to allow that to happen either as you correctly say it's time for our break again people can check out tim's uh websites through his link tree linktr.ee slash tim moen tim m-o-e-n feel free to call in we'll be right back our beautiful world is changing withering dying by the hands of those who don't value nature even though we all depend on it for life itself but there is hope. Together with caring friends, the Nature Conservancy can restore our lands, heal our waters, and save our wildlife with big solutions only nature can provide. But every day we lose more of the places we love, and we urgently need to save endangered lands, waters, and wild species. The actions we take today will determine the tomorrow we leave to our children and grandchildren. The water they drink, the air they breathe, the beauty they experience. To learn more about how you can help protect and conserve our beautiful world, visit nature.org today. The impact of a meal goes well beyond feeding our bodies. Because when people are fed, futures are nourished. Everyone deserves to live a full life. And with your help, together we can end hunger. Join the movement at feedingamerica.org slash act now. Pervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
Time is flying, and we're on our final segment here with a firefighter who ran for prime minister in Canada as leader of the Libertarian Party, Tim Moen. Find him at linktree, linktr.ee slash Tim Moen, M-O-E-N. Subscribe to his stuff. Uh, I have uh, already, and I think it's important, again, to subscribe to people uh people's uh, socials and channels like like tim so people uh like that these freedom fighters can get the word out more effectively and one thing you also mentioned uh was loneliness right and i saw this al jazeera 25 minute documentary recently on canada's made program and again mm -hmm. it's just one of those things you you know when we talk about the elites they're malthusian right the, the whole green agenda that it's it's eugenicist uh it's it's malthusian um it's elitist it's neo-feudal and in this documentary they show how this woman in Canada applied for maid um and had the government kill her but then her emails were were revealed she was suffering from some disease and the real reason that she wanted to kill herself was uh because she was lonely she she was from yeah. a foreign country she was completely alone that would have disqualified her from maid but they didn't know about that and so they let her go through with it and just you know this is another part of the uh, things we're, we're seeing when it comes to social media people loneliness especially in the west it's it's a yeah. big problem so th thoughts on that or the made program well yeah i mean we, we saw that actually at the start of uh the pandemic uh, the lockdowns there was a there was an elderly lady in a nursing home who needed that social interaction she her health was better when she was able to socially interact with her family and it declined when she was cut off from them uh, during the lockdowns. And then it, then when they opened things back up, her health got better again, but then they locked things back down again and her health started declining again. And um, she applied for MAID and got it. She she said, I don't wanna suffer through this loneliness. You know, I'm sure she she had some legitimate health issues, but you know, the government wouldn't allow her family in there except on her deathbed as they were administering a lethal injection to kill her. Now that that ought to tell you everything you need to know about how evil this regime is and how how um, terrible it is. It, it, you know, we have this uh, universal healthcare system in Canada that does nothing but allow people to have access to a waiting line. And you know, my wife, for example, has been waiting uh, nearly nine months, suffering with hip pain uh, because that's how long it takes to get an MRI here to get properly diagnosed for something like that. And I see it all the time in our healthcare system. It it can't offer the solutions. And of course, as a healthcare worker, as a paramedic, uh, my two daughters are paramedics. My wife is a is an RN. It's illegal for us to start a healthcare enterprise uh, serving people. For example, during the lockdowns, I had a business model that I had worked on for a year that we could have rolled out a uh, uh, an in house community paramedic program. That means we go right into a senior's home. We do tests on them. We do blood work. We give them assessments. We talk to their primary care physician, get facilitate prescriptions. And so a senior with chronic lung disease that develops a cough, we can nip that in the bud before it turns into a life-threatening pneumonia in a week and a half. And we have to take them to emerge and use up all sorts of healthcare resources. Well, that sort of enterprise is illegal in Canada. I can't provide healthcare outside of the auspices of the state. I can provide healthcare through the government under their control, their bureaucracy, their <laughs> rules, or not at all. And so that 
you know, so so we have a huge scarcity of healthcare and solutions for people in Canada. And the only thing the government can offer them is a lethal injection. And we see this over and over again. We see vets calling veteran affairs saying, listen, I'm suffering here. Can you help me with the wheelchair, build a wheelchair ramp? You know, I, I bled for this country. I, I My body is crippled because of my service to this country. Can you just build me a wheelchair ramp so I can get in and out of my house? And they're like, well, we can't do that, but we can offer you a lethal injection. And that is just an utterly atrocious thing to say to say to our people, right? If, if the, you know, if the only option is lethal injection, that ought to tell you the state of affairs here in Canada when it comes to looking after our people. That's crazy. I mean, a lot of people fly down here to Mexico where I am to do um, healthcare, and um, yeah, we use the private services here, which are relatively, depending on what, affordable and and, and quick, and so. Yeah, that that's crazy. I wanted to ask you also about your thoughts on the state of the U.S. You know, um, growing up, I always I I spent months in Canada, um, Ontario, Quebec. There's a lot of there's a big Croatian population in Mississauga, um, Toronto. I'm Croatian, and so uh, I've always viewed Canada as like an extension of the U.S. You know, speaking English, almost the same style of life and 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 everything. But um, you know, how often do Canadians think of America? There's all this talk of civil war this year. It seems like the system wants us to to go at each other's throats, classic divide um, and, and and conquer. Uh, and then we're we're starting all these wars. You know, the the, the Ukraine. I'm um, sorry, the the Canadian. Uh, military complex is basically linked to the American where we, you know, we, we both mm -hmm. have the same foreign policy. Canada was very instrumental in, in training and army arming the Ukrainian uh, government before the current war. And so thoughts on the, you know, what's happening in the U S what, what influence that can have to Canada or vice versa, the wars, uh, the foreign wars, and then talks of civil war. Well, I'll tell you, there's a lot of Canadians. I know that wish that they could move to the U S wish that that was an easy thing to do, become U.S. citizen to get more freedom. Um, but certainly we, I mean, we consume American culture here on TV every night. And, you know, uh, we, we've, we are in a lot of ways, um, uh, little America, you know, we, we were a neighbor, but we're also ruled by the Laurentian elites. Imagine that the Democrats, uh, but even further left had control over the U.S. for decades and decades and decades well that's what canada is like we have a very left-leaning population um that that views themselves as progressive and uh, you know so so we see this kind of elitist attitude um exhibited from from out east from the the seat of power in canada from ontario and and the um saint lawrence area and so um, a lot of people are looking at the states as, as a viable option. And of course, we we get problems from the states imported here too. The culture wars, for example, are ramping up. And, you know, part of that is the right wing noticing how to fight back against the left and, uh, you know, adopting kind of a MAGA attitude and, and pushing back. And of course, that makes the left here in Canada insane. They don't like that. Um, because we're generally polite people. And so now um, there's an increasing divide here in Canada as well. And, uh, you know, there, there's talk of secession from for the West and different things like that. In Alberta, for sure, there's a there's a large secessionist movement that just wants to separate from Canada or maybe even join the states. But certainly we want to go our own way. We just have different values than the folks in Ottawa that are running this country. But I think really that the divide is rural and urban um, throughout 
North America, right? I mean, urbanites just have a different view of the world than than rural folk do. Rural folk are, are self-sufficient. They rely on each other. There's a sense of community, uh, but they leave people alone and they they don't see much need for the government because if there's a problem, uh, they they solve it themselves with the help of their neighbors. And, you know, they, they don't get what value the government provides. And, and so I think that's a lot of the divide we see in North America is a rural and urban divide. And I'm not sure how you, you uh, solve that other than you know, find ways of reaching across the aisle and having civil conversations so that we don't have to have bloody conversations with weapons. Yeah, I've had great conversations in the past. It's in the archive with Gregory Copley of the International Strategic Studies Association, and he talks about um, global um, globalist urbanism. So that's what globalism is basically in the urban areas and then, you know, sovereignties uh, out in the rural um, areas. And it's funny, just last week, I got a call from a, a Canadian's uh, looking to escape either to Latin America or somewhere within the U.S. So just to, total proof of what you were yeah. just um, saying. And, um, and what would be the best part of Canada, do you, do you wager, for people looking to escape liberal globalism? Well, definitely Alberta or Saskatchewan would be your best bet, bet. I mean, the coasts are just like the coasts in the U.S. They're big bastions of government. Um, but you know, the, the flyover provinces, so to speak, um, of, of Alberta and Saskatchewan, um, I think are your go-to in Alberta. There's certainly a, uh, while Saskatchewan is very rural and urban, uh, uh, Alberta is somewhat divided. Uh, we had a left-wing government here for, uh, for one term, uh, a few years ago, because people were so fed up with the corruption in the conservative party, but by and large, it's been led by conservatives right now. We have a libertarian uh, premier. I've actually been on her talk show before she was a premier a number of times. Um, you know, she she certainly isn't um, enacting hardcore libertarian policies like I'd like to see. I think she's operating within the confines she can, um, but she's doing some, some valuable things, I think, to break up um, government power, uh, especially in the healthcare realm. And you know, so I, I think you come to Alberta, we have lots of oil resources, we have lots of jobs, we have beautiful mountain parks, world class mountain parks, uh, skiing and that sort of thing. And uh, it's a beautiful province. It's, you know, we, we consider it the Texas of Canada, in a lot of ways for our attitude and our, our work ethic and our, our down home values. I sometimes tell some of the Canadians that um consult with me too, if they if they should escape, you know, sometimes your best option is just staying put where you are and or maybe moving to a place like uh alberta thanks for coming on tim we got about a minute and a half left if you got any thoughts uh you know any further solutions uh final thoughts for us and then you can tell us uh, uh about all the work that you're doing projects podcast and whatnot sure well i, th I think the solutions I, I touched on before are reaching out to our political enemies and trying to have civil discussion and foster civility in those discussions and get really good at persuading people. And, and the way you persuade people is by listening and being opening, being open to hear what they have to say. You have to kind of lead the way, right? Um, you know, going the opposite way and try to club people over the head, belittle them, humiliate them. That is only going to create further divide, create enemies and lead to um, violence. And, you know, as someone who has kids and maybe grandkids in the near future, I certainly don't want a violent future for my kids. I want, I want some path forward to heal a divide. 
So one of the things I've been focusing on more is having those conversations on my show. Recently, I, I had a debate, uh, tried to have a civil conversation with a, uh, an avowed communist uh, with, you know, some luck, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough having these conversations. Um, and I've also been focusing on just giving people tools to improve their own personal freedom and give themselves more choices in their life. I think if enough people do that, uh, then that has an effect on culture and on government. All right, we're out of time. Uh, thanks for coming on again. Linktree slash Tim Moen, uh, T-I-M-M-O-E-N. Uh, follow his uh, great work. I'm signing off. Steve Malzberg is up next.